Welcome to the Cloudwire podcast, a place for conversations around cloud financial management. What is a savings instrument? I mean, like, you know, saving instrument, in my perspective, it's nothing more than a futures contract that is being sold on this commodity called compute. Right, mm-hmm. uh, you buy these futures contracts, and you get wholesale prices, the reserve prices, uh, and you make a certain amount of financial contractual commitment uh, to the cloud provider, uh, or even a specific hardware commitment to the cloud infrastructure provider. Right, uh, so it's a futures contract that gives you some degree of savings uh, that vary from anywhere from, I think, 10, 20% to as much as 70, 77% uh, on the cloud infrastructure provider. Dieter, you can correct me on the on the numbers a little bit more. Um, and in return, you're committed to spending a certain amount of money for them for that duration of time uh, on either purely money basis and flexibility on the type of hardware you're running or specific type of hardware, uh, sometimes a little bit of combination of the both. So the market for this is ridiculously huge, right? We've got tens of billions of dollars of compute uh, and databases running out there in the cloud infrastructure and tens and billions of dollars of these savings instruments, futures contracts that the customers have purchased in the cloud infrastructure market also. Uh, And at surface, these seem like simple decisions, uh, even within a single cloud, but they are not. These are hard, difficult decisions. Peter, what's your experience with it? You know, I, I have done um, Amazon Web Services uh, reserved instances um, for um, eight years now, right? And uh, I got a couple more. I got a couple on you on that one. <laughs> That's the first time I think I have something that I've done longer than Peter. <laughs> Oh, okay. And um, I, you know, it was before there was regional RIs, right? Before there was convertible RIs and before there was a savings plan, right? We have done RI management uh, back in the day, right? And back in the day, an RI was very specific, right? You bought it for an availability zone. You bought it for a, a region, for a type, for an, uh, a size and operating system. Um, sometimes a tenancy, right? And you are really shoehorned in into that specific usage. Now, Amazon offers an API where you can change those RIs, right? Um, not just with convertible, but you have some modification um, ability on regular RIs as well. So back in the day, what we did is we set up a automation that would go on in real time, um, look at what the on-demand usage looks like, and then go and um, adjust the RI portfolio in real time. So at my previous employer, um, I built uh, such a system. And we Do you remember back in the day when, you know, the price cuts were coming so fast from the cloud infrastructure providers yeah. that your no upfront reservations were actually underwater? Uh, that was an issue, yeah. That right, was so that well. was actually, when, when that hit me, right, about eight odd years ago, nine odd years ago, we actually stopped buying RIs 
yeah. where we were because the the pace of the change of pricing was so fast the price cuts were coming so fast from AWS that your standard reserve contracts that are three year long two years in two price breaks in they're underwater so oftentimes we would let them burn uh yeah. convertibles fix that uh, right in an amazing manner uh, but but it was it was a it was a really interesting time but you are absolutely right um there was for example the uh, s3 price drop right where amazon and s3 existed since 2006 and amazon dropped the price on an s3 by 50% right and that correlated to uh, a google compute a platform releasing a similar product at half the the price that S3 was right and Amazon just dropped the price so some customers were able to get uh, a price guarantee uh into their enterprise contracts right so if you purchased something within 90 days um the price dropped you got the better price retroactively right um but 90 days is a relatively short window compared to you know making an RI purchase um with with no upfront for like um a year or three years even right yeah so when convertibles came on that's actually when i got back into the reservation market right so after seeing the price drops and they were much faster back in the day right mm-hmm. i think when we were doing this uh, in 10 odd years ago we will freeze any decisions on cloud infrastructure 3 months prior to reinvent just waiting to see what they're going to announce at reinvent and all the price yeah. breaks and the new generations that are coming um and use that as a as a decision point to see what we want to do forward so when cloud worry right for example we didn't even handle reservation management for the first couple of years not a smart decision but uh, but we waited till convertibles came along where we saw the flexibility of the financial instrument that exists in convertibles mm-hmm. and how much it can bring as a benefit to the customers and that's where i pivoted to say wait now we have something we like we think market is going to going to benefit from it quite a bit uh, so angad i don't know if you have a slide for us to maybe have a little bit of a comparison conversation around uh, these futures contracts are complex there's lots of variations around it <laughs> so deter similar francisco Well, let's uh, let's talk out which ones are our favorites i'll i'll give you minus cris still uh, right i love savings plans but uh, across the cloud infrastructure providers i still love cris and the combination of two i believe is magical mm-hmm. uh, it's a match made in heaven mm-hmm. uh, but uh, let's let's talk about it some so um <laughs> yeah, in, uh, now for the people who can actually see the um the table uh, on screen right um we see the complexity of the product on the amazon side right versus on on azure and, and as aws partner as as and as actually somewhat of a true believer right i would say the sophistication <laughs> yes. and and in 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 all seriousness i i believe it is Uh, the sophistication of savings instruments available in the AWS today is substantially better than what's available in GCP and Azure. Absolutely, uh, there's no doubt about it. Like, I, I'm hoping the other cloud providers catch up because yes. within AWS, again a quick commentary from my side sidebar, we can run our customers at full coverage and give them full flexibility to transform. Yes. Wait. 
you cannot do that in any other cloud provider today. And I think this is going to be a limitation at their end that that is a disadvantage. So AWS has a very strong, strong differentiator today of being able to uh, to give customers a ton of sophisticated flexibility that requires some tooling and expertise to unleash. It's not easy yeah. to unleash. Again, when you're talking about tens and hundreds of millions of dollars of financial savings instrument, any company, they do have sophistication around it for every other decision they make. Why, why shouldn't they have around reservation management? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, agree with that. The, uh, the sophistication is also a benefit for the customer, right? It is not just a um, something that that exists without without benefit, right? Um, when I look at at uh, this table here, right, there's a couple of things that we don't immediately see. Um, for example, when we compare um, savings plans with our eyes, right? Um, the standard RIs, also regional RIs, um, have the same savings as the uh, EC2 instant savings plan. And the convertible RIs or convertible regional RIs have the same savings as the compute savings plan. Um, I did some checking on that. Um, now I only checked like C5, M5 and R5 and it was identical in like three regions. Um, but that is sort of like how the product is designed, right? That the compute savings plan is aligned with the convertible RIs and the EC2 instant savings plan is al aligned with the standard RIs. And then there is always the marketplace lottery you can play, right? It's just yeah. that, that you know, uh, we very excitedly build out a marketplace product three odd years ago. <laughs> Maybe we'd look at your on-demand needs and what's available in marketplace and what's the, you know, huge value. And, and you can pick up some fantastic deals there. You can get reservations 70, 80% off their reserved prices yes. uh, because companies are just trying to offload them and get them off, your, off their books. Mm -hmm. But... The liquidity in that marketplace is very limited. Uh, there is it's not; very a, it's very limited liquidity. Uh, so good for small-scale operations, uh, from for a lottery ticket once in a while for medium and large scale, but not something that you can depend on. Yes, yeah, my experience. Right? In enterprise setting, the the RI marketplace is not that useful, right? If you if you need to trade thousands of RIs, right? Uh, there's no one there to trade with you, so the marketplace is very limited. I actually can sincerely hope and think that this trading of these, you know, futures contracts of reservations, uh, be those savings plans, CRIs, uh, whatever the case might be, uh, committed discounts, uh, etc. that just has to come at some point in time. Um, there's just too much financials at stake for that trading not to happen. You know, I think because most of this is done um, sort of on a monthly basis on Excel spreadsheets, that is a gating factor. If there would be an automated system that would make them available on the marketplace and consume things on the marketplace, we may see more uh, velocity there. Oh, we, we, we can talk about this automated system anytime you want to talk about it, but... <laughs> Uh, but but no, I think the systems are there. We have it. I, 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 I've seen a couple other startups play in the space too. Uh, yeah. I think the space is you know, pretty prime for development. Uh, there are some companies out there doing some interesting sort of already 
engagements where uh, in in the gray area they are uh, trading across accounts uh, by becoming sort of a reservation bank um, let's see how that develops over time i think it's it's just a typical commodity market right oh. starts as a controlled market then you get futures contracts and then you get futures contracts trading right yeah uh, and more and more derivative products coming on i'm i'm saying things that i half understand but i think they apply here <laughs> so they, they do apply um i i just want to mention a couple more things for people who are listening um the the difference between standard and convertible ris is on average maybe 8% um so it's up to you right do you want the flexibility um and again uh, we mentioned er earlier that the convertible ris are uh, uh, aligned compute savings plan do you when you say 8% are you comparing one year or three years um, i think in three years it comes down to about 4 to 5% on uh, average yes i only looked at one year in this one right um, i also looked at upfront versus um no upfront all upfront and no upfront right and for me the difference was only 5% There are a few products where you can get some pretty good return on capital, and a lot of companies have capital where five percent return on capital is a good return on capital, yeah. uh, right? Uh, so it's purely a function of return on capital and how much you're looking for. But from our customers' perspective, we have very little reason outside of you know enterprise agreements where they have to spend the money, uh, mm -hmm. or uh, end of year budgetary reasons where they have to spend the money to do prepay, uh, which which is still having a flexibility is good. Does GCP even have that flexibility to prepay upfront? Yeah, it has sustained usage discount and committed usage discount, right? Correct. So sustained usage is GCP is the only one that offers that, where the um, it just has your your workload automatically qualifies for a discount if you have it running for a certain amount of time. Um, that is very convenient, but it's not as as high of a discount as the committed usage discount has. Uh, one thing that I do want to mention is um, the the five percent difference between all upfront and no upfront. When you think about it, yes, if if you are looking at like a savings account or a money market account or something like that, right? Um, the five percent makes sense. But when you look at the business, um, let's say I'm I'm want to spend like a quarter million dollars on reservations, right? For a quarter million dollars, I can hire a data scientist, and a data scientist can uh, build something that makes the business more than that quarter million dollars, right? Um, the business may have a, a benefit from that. Uh, let's say you know the data scientist can tweak um, ad targeting, uh, and I can increase ad revenue. Uh, for the one year duration, I might get a one million dollar benefit or a two million dollar benefit. From that one, um, you know, investment. So the five percent compared to two hundred or four hundred percent that a business should be able to do, um, it's is tiny, right? It's is negligible. Um, It gets a little bit more complicated on the financial side of things, Peter. At least from what I've seen, right? So you're absolutely right. Deploying that capital, if you can deploy it in a way you can get two, three, four hundred percent, heck, even ten, fifteen percent, you know, return on that capital, makes a ton of sense. Now, on the other hand, if your cost of capital is really low, and you have to deploy the capital somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and you want to deploy it somewhere where the risk is very well mitigated 
then this is a really good place to deploy that capital too, right? There are situations in which it does apply, right? We've had uh, some late stage startups, which like we just like we've just been given this much money that we have to deploy it somewhere. Otherwise, it's sitting in bank earning us one percent interest. Yeah, so this is and we can't hire fast enough to spend it on hiring. But, uh, and this is better. Five percent beats one percent, right? So yeah, I agree with you. Yes. The cost of of capital is the driver here. So it's a it's a it's a fun little uh, interesting little finance uh, <laughs> and IT problem mishmash together. Yeah. Now one thing that I also want to mention the the difference between a one year and a three year commitment I have seen to range between twenty and twenty five percent. So that does make a difference. Um, so for example, if you buy a compute savings plan, right? Um, and you feel comfortable for the three year commitment, you get a substantial better return of investment. Which is where, again, why I love that combination of CRIs and savings plans is that you can get savings plans for three years for your baseline, and then you can get one and three year CRIs that give you a ton of flexibility to reduce your monthly commitment. Uh, and combine the two, you can run vast majority of your portfolio with three year savings and approximately year to year and a half of commit with monthly commit flexibility built into the mix. And, and, and that's the, uh, those check boxes, well, like everyone is sized here equally. Uh, they are on a business impact perspective, substantially, substantially more impactful. There's one more trick that I wanted to share with our audience. Um, because I'm, I'm running, um, say, I'm migrating from RIs to savings plans at my current employer. And so um, what I'm also targeting is I want utilization to be 100% and it is currently. And the uh, coverage, I want to be very aggressive. So I'm targeting 90, 95%. Um, and of course my current employer has um, sort of a 24 hour um, spikiness of workloads, right? People are watching more movies in the evening, uh, although that has shifted now to maybe in the late afternoon. <laughs> some, 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 some in the morning, I'm sure. But the trends you have uh, with, with the pandemic on how people are adjusting their lifestyles must be very intriguing. Yeah, in the morning, we typically get kids' shows, right? Because the parents put the kids in front of the TV so the kids can get some work done, right? So there's that. But um, one, trick, one trick that I'm doing is I'm looking in, in Cost Explorer at um, how much of the compute savings plan uh, applied to Lambda. Because Lambda is sort of like the last thing that um, the compute savings plan will choose. For the most part, there's some very expensive Windows, um, you know, VMs out there that may even have less than the 12% uh, savings that uh, that Lambda gives, right? Um, but when I see savings plan bleed into Lambda coverage, I know that I'm riding at the edge of that 100% uh, coverage, right? And so I know that um, making a purchase at that time will result in the utilization to drop below 100%. So that is uh, something that you guys can do as well. Let's, let's look at that as a little bit more conversation. Let's dig into that a little, right? Mm -hmm. uh, are you buying mostly one year or three years? 
We are buying three years because there is that 20, 25% difference. So running at 95% coverage with three-year rolling commitment, how did you get your finance guys to approve that? It's no upfront, no, no uh, approval is required. But okay, so if no approval is required and you're running a rolling commitment of three years, yeah. the size of those contract commitments have got to be running in tens of millions of dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. And with that kind of commitment at play, what happens if for whatever set of your reasons, your employer has a little bit of a financial setback? So uh, that is a little bit of a problem, but um, my current employer is not uh, in, in that situation. Our situation is more that um, we need to hire more engineers to get more stuff done because the, the uh, customers are exploding, right? Completely agreed. And I would just add a, add a note of caution from my end, right? For what it's worth, we had a customer that was very similar in profile, much smaller, much smaller, where three years ago, they were like, we just cannot be stopped. Uh, we cannot hire enough. Uh, we are going to keep growing, keep growing, keep growing, no matter what. Uh, and COVID hit and that... Uh, impossible became possible so mm. i'm always 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 cautious about any company that's running three-year commitments at 95 percent coverage on a rolling basis no upfront or otherwise because the financial contractual commitment that you're committing yourself to is rigid there is no recourse absolutely the uncertainty happens there is zero recourse absolutely yeah i mean in let's say in three years from now right if um, our business uh, goes down, we still have that uh, commitment to compute, right? Um, so we are, that strategy sort of is banking on ever-growing business. And I was I, 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 Yeah, I hope that never happens at your employer and, I'm, and, I, and I love the product as an end user, right? So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm bullish on it. Uh, but from a financial perspective and a financial contract commitment perspective, we advise all of our clients, even the ones that they believe they've got zero downside to say, <laughs> why would you not want to build in a hedge at a slight cost? right? Yeah. Uh, the cost is tooling and the cost is efficiency. You, you save the most risk savings plans, the most efficient product out there, mm -hmm. but without combining and blending the two, you're putting yourself at uh, financial risk, no matter how low that risk, if that does materialize, that could result in some, some very, very substantial financial obligations that you have uh, no recourse for. Yeah, that is, that is absolutely true. And it's also interesting, right? If I do an all upfront purchase and we, we know, for example, a $100 per hour all upfront purchase is $2.6 million, right? Yep. Um, so now not only do I need finance approval, but I also need business approval because the business will say, hey, the $2.6 million, we can invest that into a special project and we get back like seven, $8 million out of that special project, right? Why would we want to give to, a, uh, to our vendor, $2.6 million if we can grow our own business um, by a large factor, right? So I have that conversation, but with a no upfront purchase, right? There is, there is um, you know, finance is okay with that and um, there is no approval required, so. I hope finance knows and is okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> because we are tracking the amortization over time, right? So okay, the, the, the amortization is something that uh, we are aware of. So the, the financial commitment over time is being tracked. 
No, no, I'm, 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 it's Friday and I may have had a couple of beers before coming in. <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, but I think you're running a little bit over time here. So uh, just to, just to uh, wrap things up. Uh, uh, this chart's available. I think we should probably do a little bit of more deep dive in each of the cloud providers and what they have to offer over the coming weeks. Uh, uh, Dieter, Simmer, uh, Francisco, if y'all are up for it. Uh, I love talking about this topic. I think, you know, trading desks are coming at some point in time and all kinds of interesting financial tradings in cloud compute uh, reservation contracts are inevitable. <laughs> uh, from from my very, very, very biased point of view. Uh, and uh, I, I, I truly, at this point, hope that Azure and GCP understand the financial sides of these reservation contracts and how mm -hmm. customers are viewing them. Uh, <clears throat> and, more, and more people in AWS, right, uh, yeah. understand, and I've talked to, product managers there in, 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 in variety of different uh, roles that shall not be named, but some of them are very, very technical and the smartest people in the world. Uh, but the financial side of this is so huge that these are financial products, not just IT products. Uh, and, and taking the financial side into account, um, having hedge built in, having flexibility built in on financial side while we are maximizing your discounts, I think is crucial. Uh, what do you think? Let's let's close it out. Similar uh, detail, Francisco. What are your thoughts, guys? You know, I would like more uh, support for finance actually from the cloud vendors, right? Um, that uh, we get sort of like a monthly amortization, something like that, right? A monthly commitment, and then a three-year forecast. Those kind of things. Those kind of tools would be really useful. I, I hope the cloud providers keep catching up. In the meantime, we'll keep helping our customers. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Never hesitating to putting a plug. All right. Well, great chatting as always. Uh, looking forward to next week. Absolutely. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Gentlemen. Take care. Have a good weekend.